Evening, everyone. We're ready to get started. Today, we're going to be learning Masechah Sukkah, Dav Zayin, and Dav Ches Amud Aleph. Um, just unfortunately, there was a, a bike accident that just took place right here. So we're going to learn tonight as a Rufu Shlema uh, for, this, uh, for this young boy, Shmuel Herschel Ben Saralei. He writes on Yishav, a Rufu Shlema. Um, so we're going to be starting about eight or nine lines down on the top of Zion and Aleph, and we're going to start to discuss different types of sukkahs. Uh, this is, of course, what the whole Masechta is about, is what types of sukkahs are kosher and which ones are not. We're going to be contrasting right now um, uh, two sukkahs, one that has our requisite two walls, a right angle, and another wall, and another sukkah where the walls are opposite one another. Let's take a look in the Gemara, seven, eight lines down. Zion and Aleph, Amar Rav Yehuda, Sukkah Asuya Kimavui Kshera. If you have a sukkah that's made like a mavui, like a passageway, so namely there's walls that are parallel to one another, but that's it. And of course, there's going to be a tefach. So then the halach would be its kosher. But also tefach, what about that third wall, which only needs to be a tefach? The Gemara says, You can put it at any corner that you want. It's fine. No problem at all. Rav Simon, Rav Levi. Rav Simon, either it was him or Rav Yoshuban Levi, Amar, pas arba umashahu. No, you can't use regular rules for a mavui. If you have a sukkah that's only made with two parallel walls, then that third tefach cannot be a regular tefach. It has to be a pas arba. It has to be a board that is four umashu, four plus a little bit. And then, and then you have to put it within three. So it's the wall, the extra chunk of wall is four plus. The distance from one of the walls will be just under three at the high twos. And then that's going to be a total of seven, which is the size of a regular wall. And then that would actually work. But the, the tefach itself is insufficient. You have to make the pas arba, put it, and then, <laughs> he says we have to be a little bit more strict. You need a little bit more of a serious wall when the initial walls that are there are parallel one another and they are not making a right angle. So then if there's a right angle, then we only require the third wall to be a tefach. But if they're parallel to one another and the walls are not connected, then we require more work to be done. And it's this, uh, uh, this double idea of uh, introducing lavud, of using lavud so that it's less than three away and that that piece of wall will be four tvachim. That's what we would do <coughs> in such a case, according to Rav Simon. <coughs> but the Gemara is bothered by the distinction. Why is it that when we have two walls that connect to one another at a corner, they form a corner. There we said, there we said that as you can just have the fourth wall be a tefach shochak, which we said is four fingers, but none of the fingers are touching one another. So let's say instead of three inches, it's four inches, whatever, it's a very small wall. Why is it that by, by when you have a sukkah that it has a right angle of walls that it's okay to use the tefach shochak? However, where the two walls in the mavui are opposite one another, there we were more strict. Why are we more strict with the mavui where there's two walls that are parallel to one another, opposite and parallel to one another, than when the walls form a right angle? Now, the answer seem, would probably pop off the page, answers the Gemara, because the cases are drastically different. In the case of the right angle, Angle where your two walls meet at a corner that begins to take shape of a room. It looks like a little bit of a sukkah, a little bit. And therefore, because we have a little bit, therefore, therefore, all we need is a little bit of a third wall to indicate that this is in fact a sukkah. But haha, here in the case of the mavui and the sukkah that is made like a mavui, in that the walls are opposite one another and they don't meet at a corner, that's the lekashte defanos, that doesn't look like two walls, and therefore, i'ika pasar ba'in, therefore, if the third wall is made of of a board that's four plus tvachim and it's put within three tvachim of the wall in, that will then be a kosher sukkah ilolo. 
Okay, a distinction between two sukkahs, a, a wall that is uh, the right angle, 90 degrees, and the two walls that are opposite one another, and of course, the distinctions therein. Now, the Gemara is going to go back now to uh, a three-way misunderstanding within Rava. We're not sure which, which one of the following Rava said. To be clear, what Rava was talking about was a case of a right-angled sukkah. So you have two walls that meet at a particular corner. Then Rava says the following. Amar Rava, we're just about halfway down on Zion and Aleph. He says, The only way to allow for this sukkah to take place, the right-angled sukkah, you got two walls that are connected at a corner, the only way it could work is if that tefach is built as a tzuras ha-pesach. What is a tzuras ha-pesach? So we've learned this before, and of course it's the basics of the halachos of mezuzah, is that if you have two doorposts with a piece of wood that lays on top of both of them, then halacha lemaisa, you're obligated to then put up a mezuzah. Rabbi Robinson just shared a picture on the McCord chat recently of someone who had this in their backyard. They built a tzuras ha-pesach uh, in, their, uh, in their outside back fence. All of a sudden it became chayv and mezuzah because it had a mashkov. It had the, the piece of wood on, on top of the top there. So that's what answer number one is of Rava. Rava says that when we say that, yes, you can use a tefach shochak to make this right angle kosher, it's not a regular tefach. It's that you have to split that tefach into two half tefachs and then make a lintel on top. So that's, that's approach number one as to how to make it kosher. And uh, that's what he says here. This tefach shochak has to be made into a tzuras pesach His second approach, it can also be a tzuras pesach namely, the third wall can either be a regular tefach shochak or it could be, or it could be a tzuras pesach but it doesn't have to be a tzuras pesach alone. It could also be a tefach shochak That's option two. <coughs> and option three is Ika de Amre, Amarava Vitricha, Nami Tsuras Pesach, that you need both a Tefach and the Tsuras Pesach, three different approaches for how this third wall, the, the very short wall of, uh, of a sukkah where you have Shtaim Kihilchasan and the last one is a Tefach, that is a big way, a big machlokas within Rava. And then here's a story, and we'll find out now how some of the Amoraim after Rava actually held. Says the Gemara, Rav Ashi was one of the later of the Amorite. We know that he and Ravina, they together organized the Gemara, not as we know it, because before their time, all the Gemaras had were Mishnayas, Brisas, and Mamras from Amorim. But the Shaklavataria that we'll, we're familiar with, a lot of the Aramaic that flow, makes the Gemara flow, was not inserted until well after Ravina and Ravashi died in a period of time called the Savorim. But they were the initial editors of the Gemara in its previous iteration. So what does Ravashi say? Ravashi, Ashkeche the Rav Kahana. He was uh, walking down the street and he saw that Rav Kahana, he saw that for his sukkah, he did two things. He had a tefach shochak and he made it tzuras pesach So Ravashi is like, hey, wait a second. Omar lay lo savar mar rava. Don't you hold like the opinion of Rava? What does Rava say? To Omar Rava, nami that you can do either or. You can do either a tefach shochak or you could use a tzuras pesach but you don't need both. So Rav Kahana says Ravashi, why are you doing what you're doing? Says the Gemara, Amar Leh, uh, yeah, I know that that's one approach in Rava, but that's not how I hold, says Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana says, <laughs> I hold like another version of Rava. What was the version of Rava that he holds? Like to Amar Rava, that we need both. 
Seemingly, we don't pass in this way because we hold that you can have two walls and a tefach. But back in the times of the Amorim, there were two Rav Kahanas. One was earlier, like a third century Amor. This one lived in the sixth century of Amorim toward the end because Rava lived in the middle. Couldn't be the third century one quoting Rava because Rava hadn't lived yet. So it had to be the later Rav Kahana. So there's more than one. And this later Rav Kahana held of the, one of the opinions of Rava that the third wall needed to be both tefach shochach and surah pesach. That brings us to the two dots toward the bottom of the page. The Gemara now is going to make a comparison between the world of sukkah as it related to its walls and Shabbos as to whether or not it's enough to carry in a sukkah if those are the only walls. Let's say you live in Rishus Harabim and you build a sukkah, <coughs> it has two walls and the third wall is a tefach. So it's a kosher sukkah, everyone agrees. But can you carry? Right? They're, they're intersecting halachos, not the same thing. Or are they the same thing? So that's what the Gemara is going to be done right now. Uh, every, almost every time it says Rabba in the next 15 lines, Rava, it's meant to be Ra, Rabba over the next uh, 15 lines, as we shall see. Omar Rabba, and he says, V'chein l'shabes. Now, it sounds like gentle words, but really what he's saying <laughs> is that we need to make an extension from the world of sukkah, where we see that Stein that that is not only sufficient to help us fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah, but it is also the case that it is kosher to carry in that space on Shabbos. Big halacha. Okay. Why? Says the Gemara, Migu just like it is a wall as it relates to the halachos of sukkah, so too says the Gemara, it is a dofen le'inyan Shabbos. It's considered to be the same. A very interesting halacha. So then says the Gemara as follows. Hold on one second. Are you sure that that's true? Do we really say that we compare a sukkah to Shabbos? That's not so simple. Abaye says, Do we really extend? our understanding of how to build a wall for sukkah to the world of Shabbos, to say that you could even carry there on Shabbos. After all, the Gemara says, the Brisa writes, uh, Dofen, sukkah, kidofen, Shabbos. Yes, the Brisa does say that a dofen of a sukkah is like a dofen of Shabbos. And it adds, a dofen is a wall. Yeah, sorry. Dofen sukkah, the wall of, uh, of a sukkah, is similar to the wall of Shabbos. Regular rules of love. But that's not the chiddush of the Mishnah. But the next line is, because this next line of the Mishnah indicates that there's a chumrah by Shabbos that does not apply by sukkah. What is that chumrah? Says the Gemara, eight, nine lines from the bottom. Four lines before the wide lines. The Brisa writes, V'yaseira Shabbos al-Sukkah. But there is something extra, something specific and strict about Shabbos, which is not true by, by, uh, by Sukkah. What's that? Sheha Shabbos eno-niteres meruba al That when it comes to Shabbos, the only way you can carry is if the walls that we're talking about is if there's more solid space than open space. But what's the third wall of a sukkah? It's just a tefach. It's halacha lemosh misinai, a tefach. But that doesn't work for carrying on Shabbos. So Abayi is bothered. Rabbah said, hey, v'chein l'shabbos. And Abayi is like, what about the b'risa? The, the b'risa doesn't say what you're saying. The b'risa says that there's a chumrah by Shabbos that doesn't apply by sukkah which is that its walls need to be omid merubah al-haparot, that the solid portions of the wall trump the non-solid portions of the wall. Namely, the halacha lemosh misinai that we use to shorten the third wall by a sukkah to say, okay, it only needs to be a tefach, that doesn't apply by Shabbos. Because by Shabbos, it's omid merubah al-haparot. We need the wall to be 51% solid. Masha'en came the sukkah. 
So that's my love, says the Gemara. Isn't it then the case that Yisera Shabbos to Sukkah, a Sukkah, isn't it then the case that where Shabbos and Sukkah intersect, that that Shabbos is really problematic and you can't carry there, that Shabbos of Sukkah is more strict than it would be had it not been Shabbos. And therefore, we don't say migu. Namely, we don't say that a sukkah is going to have the same halachos as Shabbos and Rabbah's wrong. Says the Gemara, lo. No, you misunderstood. And says the Gemara, really, and this is a crazy line in the Gemara. This is crazy. How does the Gemara answer this question? By saying that the halachos of Shabbos change versus when it's sukkahs versus when it's not. Unbelievable. Says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom. Lo, that it, you are not correct in your understanding of the b'risa, but rather, what does the b'risa mean when it says that there's something unique about Shabbos? Yisera Shabbos de Alma. Shabbos during the year, a non-sukkah Shabbos is more strict than al Shabbos to sukkah. And Rashi here says explicitly what's going on. I have to read it to you because I'm not going to sound orthodox if I just say it out loud. Rashi says 10, 12 lines from the bottom. This is Pshat in the Gemara. Yisera Hilchos Tiltul Shabbos de Alma. The halachos of Tiltul Shabbos of carrying on Shabbos on a regular Shabbos are Yisera, they're greater a Hilchos Tiltul Shabbos de Sukkah than that would be even on a regular Shabbos of Sukkah. She Shabbos de Alma, that year round, when we talk about a regular Shabbos, that when we're talking about a regular Shabbos, it's not Sukkot. 51 Shabbos is out of there. 50 or whatever. You get. Sometimes you get two Shabbos in Sukkot. For the average non-Sukkot Shabbos, the halacha is that when it comes to carrying, the walls have to be 51% solid. Continues Rashi. The Shabbos to Sukkah. Oh, there we have a different din. There we employ this halachic extension of Migu that since by Sukkot it counts, will even allow it on Shabbos, which is Sukkot. Unbelievable. The halachos of Muksa change on one Shabbos a year when Shabbos falls out. Unbelievable. It's, it's a crazy thing. The laws of Shabbos are dependent on anything external. Yes. That's what the Gemara says. You misunderstood the Brisa. And therefore, it's still the case, says the Gemara, that when Shabbos and Sukkah coincide, the Gemara agrees. It acquiesces to this idea that the halachos of Sukkah change on that Shabbos, and you are allowed to carry in that space, even though on another Shabbos, you would not have allowed to be to carry. Very important Rashi that explains this Gemara. Very hard to understand this Gemara without that Rashi. And let's continue. Says the Gemara. Okay, I got you. I understand. You got a Mechudosh answer here. If it's true, though, that there are differences between one Shabbos and the next and one Sukkah and the next, so then, why don't we exp- expressly write the following? Listening Nami, we should teach that there is also a Chumrah by Sukkah that you say was Sukkah de Alma, Sukkah de Shabbos, that there's something uh, more strict about Sukkah than there is about Shabbos. What's that? Says the Gemara. de Alma, that normally when we talk about a Sukkah during the year, what would we say? That that fourth wall needs to be made out of a solid material. That's a tefach shochak. Let's call it four inches of, of wall. But but when Shabbos and Sukkah intersect and Sukkot intersect, so then we have a, a kula. That this Sukkah de Shabbos is lo boya tefach shochak v'sagi belechi. You only need a lechi, the little tiny rope. We have one in our parking lot. For those who don't use the air, you can carry in our parking lot. Walk outside of the parking lot. When you get down right to the corner by the grass and by the parking lot, look up the pole. There's a lechi at the bottom, string running across the top to the Mashiach's house. Thank you to the Mashiach's for allowing us to do that. And that rope allows people who don't use the city air to carry in that space. You can't even see it. It's less than a tefach shochak. So says the Gemara, that's a kula. 
that's a kula. Sukkah is more chamur in that you require a tefach sholchak, you require four inches of, of, of material. But on Shabbos, it's a kula. So why didn't you, why didn't you say that? So it says the Gemara, you don't need to. But let's first finish the question because I didn't finish the question yet. Says the Gemara, you yourself, you said that if you put schach on top of a mavi that has a lechi, that it's kosher. So we know that in fact, this is the din. So why, why did this b'risa only stipulate the uniqueness of Shabbos and not also stipulate the uniqueness of sukkahs. The uniqueness of Shabbos was that the halacha changes from muksa on Shabbos, which is sukkahs. And the uniqueness of sukkah is that when it comes to Shabbos, you're allowed to make a sukkah out of a lechi and a korah on that last wall. Why wasn't it stated? It says the Gemara, you didn't need to. Two lines from the bottom, Zayin and Aleph. Hahu lo itzrechaleh. We don't need to add that because hashta, now that the following has taken place, mikilta lechamirta amrinan, now that we've learned from the more lenient to the more strict, namely from Sukkot to Shabbos, therefore mechamirta lekilta lekol shekein, then all the more so we should be learning from Shabbos to Sukkot, we should be bringing something over the bridge. And what we're bringing over the bridge is this leniency of being able to build out that third wall of a sukkah with even only a lechi. And that is why it wasn't uh, stipulated. So this last section of the Gemara, the bottom quarter of the page from the two dots, we dealt with this question of whether or not things change when Shabbos and Sukkot intersect. And the Chiddush of the Gemara is, yes, they do in fact change. The halachos of muksa are different. Oh, yeah. And as well, just one second, and as well, that that third wall on Shabbos can be made out of a lechi and it doesn't need to be a tefach shochak. Yes, Gerald. What's the lechi? So a lechi is that you have two regular walls. And for the third wall, instead of putting up a, putting up a piece of wood that's tefach shochak, that's four inches wide, you put a very thin piece of uh, something underneath on the edge of the wall, and then you run a string across the top to the other side. That would be lechi, lechi in this case. Okay, so that's, that's, that's a big kula. That's more mekel than we would have on a regular sukkah during the year. But when it coincides with Shabbos, we allow for the lenience. Shabbos going into sukkah is that we change the halachos of muksa. Because on a regular Shabbos, which isn't sukkah, then we say that that wall would have to be 51% solid. But by sukkah during a non-Shabbos, we would have said that we have the halacha lemosh misina, you only need a tefach. But that doesn't work for hilchos muksa. So then we're mekil on Shabbos, which is, which is sukkah, to say that that fourth wall, you're right, the fourth wall doesn't have to be omen merubala parts. It could even be only a tefach shochak, which is a very big chiddush. So then says the Gemara, the very so last... Is that sukkah only kosher on Shabbos? Then? It seems that way from the Gemara. I'm not poskening Shabbos, but it seems that way from the Gemara. It does. Not so simple to say that because I could also see how the Gemara could have explained it the other way. But the way the Gemara just said it at the end is that we learn mechamirta lakilta, that seemingly it's still Shabbos coincided with. Again, I could see another path, but that's what it seems to me. Last few words. Gufa. Gufa always means that we're reanalyzing something that we just read. Omar Rabba. Rabba says, turning to the top of Zion and Mabez, we just quoted this line a couple of lines ago. That We said that if there is a sukkah that has, that has as one of its walls a lechi, just a string running across the top, that it's kosher. And another comment of Rabba, and we're going to question why we need both. But Omar Rabba, he also said, Remember the case of Pasebiros, you can look in Rashi. Rashi has indicated this. You have four right-angled corners. They're not touching one another. And there's more open space than closed space. What does Rabbah say about that? That if you find a way to put schach on top of them, the halacha is that it's kosher. Those two cases are pretty similar. You have a mavui, two walls opposite one another, schach on top kosher. You have the pasebi rose, the picture in Rashi, four right-angled corners with a lot of space in the middle, schach on top kosher. 
Why do we need both cases? Says the Gemara, Vitzricha, we need both of them. If I only had the case of the Mavui, where the walls were opposite one another and we put Schach on top, then that is because at least there, relative to the Pasevi Rose, which is only corners, at least with the, with the Mavui, each of the walls that are there, granted they're not connected, but at least they're real walls. They're not halachic walls, they're real walls. And I might've thought, that only there would that be the case of Algabe Pasebi Rose to Lekashtefanos Malyasa, but by the case of the four corner the four corner pieces where there is no real wall, I might have thought we should not say that that's a kosher sukkah. Amalo, I might have thought not. Therefore, I needed the case of the Pasebi Rose. V'e says the Gemara of Yeshmin and Pasebi Rose, and I only had the case of Pasebi Rose where um, the four corner pieces are there, again, as indicated in the picture in Rashi. So I might have thought that over there, Mishum Ika Shame Arba Defanos. At least they're halachically, the halos shame, they're halachically walls, even though they don't look like walls, but halachically they're walls. So maybe because they have a shame of a wall, four walls, that's better than the mavui because of there the mavui only has two walls. I might've thought the pasaviros are better. So only that sukkah would be kosher. And maybe aim low, I might've thought that the case of mavui is not that way. What's the case of mavui? I don't know. If it's two walls opposite one another, schach on top. So on Shabbos, that's kosher? Yeah, maybe even as we were discussing, maybe even during regular, but certainly on Shabbos, it's kosher. With the Lachi and the Korah. With the Lachi, uh, yeah. Because why, what, what's the kosher? Why do we, why do you matter on Sukkot? Why do we matter on Shabbos, Sukkot? On Shabbos, Sukkot, there, on Shabbos, Sukkot, there's a, there's a Chiddush. Because on Shabbos, we allow a person to carry in a Mavui with even only a rope at the top. But during a regular circus, we don't. It has to be a tefach, not a rope. It has to be a tefach. So it's a chiddush. It's a big chiddush. So that's what the Gemara says. And one last part of this uh, structure of the Gemara, which is, okay, you've explained why we need the case of Mavui, and you've explained why, the, why we need the case of Pasebi Rose. V'yashmuin and Hani Tarte, had I taught this, but not Rabba's initial din that we started with toward the bottom of the page, that sukkahs and Shabbos that coincide with the Shabbos, that they're similar. So says the Gemara, then I might have thought that only mechamir to lekilta, I can only learn from Shabbos to sukkahs. Aval, I might have thought that mechilta lechamirta, that from sukkah to Shabbos, I could not learn emelo. Therefore, Tzricha, Rabba needed to say all three of these particular lines. And that is how the Gemara explains this sukkah. <clears throat> We're going to be moving on to a, a new sukkah now. Um, which will take us to the bottom of this page. And then for Dafches and Aleph, we're going to be learning some uh, geometry, uh, a little bit of math. Uh, it's going to be fun. Let's get started. We're about uh, 10 lines down. The Gemara says, quoting from our Mishnah, that if the sunshine that's, um, that's cutting through the schach is more than the shade, so let's call it 51% sun, 49% shade, in such a case, the halacha is that the sukkah is psula. But there's a machlokas tanaim about this. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanon. Chamsa, uh, chamsa machmas sikuch, velo machmas tefanos. When we're measuring our 51% of sunlight, says the Tanakama, we only measure sunlight that peers through the schach, but not sunlight that peers through the walls. Let's say that your walls were made of lavud. Every 2.5 tefachim, you have another post. There's a lot of sunlight coming through, right? So says the Gemara, we ignore the sunlight from the wall. We only measure the sunlight from the schach. We ignore the sunlight that comes through the walls. However, crazy. Rabbi Yoshia Omer, he says, no, you're wrong. <laughs> we even measure the sunlight that's coming through the walls. 
So the sukkah that I build in my house, there's a small, um, there's a wood beam and we use tarp, but there's like two, three inches but between the wood and the tarp where the where there's like a taut stretch between the things that hook the tarp onto the wood. So what if, what tips the scales, my schach is 49% uh, covered, but 2% more sunlight comes in underneath the beam at the side. So Rabbi Yoshia says, you're done. Your sukkah is puzzled. Why does, why does he hold that? Why would he say that sunlight that comes through the walls counts as part of the sunlight? So says the Gemara, Amar my time with the Rav Yoshia. Why would he include, everyone knows that a sukkah is because of the schach. Why would you include chamsa, merubim, and silsa, something that comes through the walls? That doesn't even sound right, says the Gemara, because of a pasuk. The pasuk says, Visakosa al haaron es ha paroches, not to be confused with the kapores. The kapores was physically laid directly on top of the aron. The paroches is a separate din. The paroches we learned about in Masechus Yuma extensively, where there are two parochos, and he would go up one and back the other. This, these hung from the ceiling. They were very long and very expensive. We said there, I think there were 28 thread. Who remembers? I don't remember. 24 thread or 28 thread? I think 28 thread is a lot. Very thick, very heavy. Okay, so says the Gemara, how does Rav Yoshia know that the walls count as sunlight from this Pasuk that it says that we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to hang the paroches to block the Arun? And what does the Pasuk say? What does it call it, the, the Arun? What does it call the, the paroches, I mean? Says the Gemara, paroches mechitzahi. Everyone agrees that the paroches is a separation. It separates the Kodesh HaKodashim from the rest of the Heichal. And at the same time, the Kakhari Rachmana Sechacha. So we see that the wall has a shame schach. So Rav Yoshia says, you have to include the sunlight that's peering through the walls because the wall has a shame schach. It's brilliant. Great answer. Great answer. Says the Gemara Alma, we treat the wall the same way we treat the schach. And therefore, when we're measuring how much sunlight is breaking through the schach, we also have to measure how much sunlight is breaking through the walls. And therefore, if your walls are made in such a way where a lot of sunlight can get through, you're probably in bad shape because your sukkah will be puzzled according to this version of the Gemara. Oh, verabanon. The Tanakama, you said that the walls don't count, that if sunlight comes through the walls, it doesn't count as part of the measure of Khamsa Meruba Mitzilsa, of sunlight versus shade. Says the Gemara, what did the Rabbanon do with the Pasuk? It's a Pasuk in Chumash. And the Pasuk is clear that that's the case, that we refer to it as a Mechitza and it's called Schach. So answer the Rabbanon, Hahu de Nekuf Beiporta de Mechsekeschach. No, they say something a little bit different. They say that the Schach has to sit in such a way. The schach has to sit in such a way where it's like, like an L shape. Like at the top, it's kind of over the aron, and then the then the parochas comes down. It doesn't hang straight, right? We have like it right here. It hangs on hooks, it hangs out, and it ran, it runs across it. No, the parochas in the base of Mikdash, according to the sheets of the Rabbanon, let's say the aron was over here. This is the Kodesh HaKodashim. So the parochas starts here, kicks out, and then draws down, and it's like schach. That's why the Pasuk said Vesakosa, because as a shame schach, not because we should look at the walls as schach to measure sunlight, but because when the parochas was above the Aron, it was actually literally above the Aron like schach. And that's how they read the Pasuk, so they get out of this problem. And he says, It is hanging over the Aron in a way where it looks like schach. Now, Amar Abaye, the Gemara is shifting a little bit, but we'll see that it's connected momentarily. We're almost halfway down on Zion base. Abaye says, Rebbe, the Rabbi Yoshia, the Rabbi Huda, 
All of these Tanaim, remember Abai and Amora, all the rest of these people are Tanaim. All of them are of the opinion, that there needs to be an element of the sukkah that's diras keva. This is such a contradiction to what we're so used to hearing about sukkah, which is that it specifically has to be dirasarai. It has to be temporary, even though we say that it has to be teshu taduru. It has to be a place that you that you would like treat it as your home. But it has to be all right. You can't leave your sukkah up all year round. So what the Gemara means here, and Rashi says as much, is that Rashi says immediately to our left, halfway down, has to have an appearance of that which is kavua, even though, yes, you're right, it's absolutely temporary. And we're going to go through very briefly uh, a collection of Mari Makomos for each of these Tanoim, how they each felt that this idea of kvia of kvius had to be for the sukkah. Rebbe, the opinion of Rebbe was, we're right halfway down Zion and Bays. He wrote in the Brisa, the Tanya, Rebbe Omer, kol sukkah she'ein ba'ar ba'amos alar ba'amos psula. What does that indicate? What's four by four? That's house measurements. That was what we started with the other day. We tried to ask in Lumdus, does Rebbe say that a sukkah is mamish like a house arba alar? Okay, maybe to some degree, that's what Rebbe meant. That's what the Gemara is saying here, here is that to say, Rosh he's like, no, it has to have a kvias to it. it, has to be four by four. Rav Yoshia, Amran. Oh, beautiful line. Rav Yoshia, how do we know that he knows that there has to be a kvias? Because he says, look at the walls. The walls have to be full. The sun should not be coming through the walls. That's Rabbi Yoshia Hada Amran, like we said. Rabbi Huda, what does Rabbi Huda say? That's our Mishnah on Daf Beis. Tetnan, Sukkah Shikvola Malamikov Amapsula. What does Rabbi Huda say? Machshir. It's okay to have a, a Sukkah that's 20 Amos plus tall because it has to have an element of Kviyas. It has to look like a real house. Rabbi Shimon, what does he hold? We saw this already as well. This is like a great summary. The Tanakama was of the opinion that the minimum sukkah is two full walls and one short wall. Rip Shimon says, no, more like a house that has four walls. Houses have four walls. We're in a building now that has four walls because that's normal when you live somewhere. So says the Gemara, that's the sample of Rip Shimon. What about Rabban Gamliel? The Tanya, the Brisa writes, you make your sukkah on top of an animal. You make it on, a, on a, at the tip of a boat. No, Rabban Gamliel, Postal. That's not where people live. That's not enough kvias. Next, Rabbi Akiva, I'm sorry, Rabbi Akiva Machshir, Rabbi Akiva argues on Rabban Gamliel. But Rabban Gamliel is the one who says that that doesn't count. So that shows a higher level of kvias. Beis Shammai, Beis Shammai says, it's not, we learned this too. Mishahaya Rosha Varuba Basukha, Vishulchana Basukha Bayis, that if a person only has room in the sukkah for Rosha Varubo for himself, for most of his body, but the table's inside, Beis Shammai Postal and Vesel Machshir. Beis Shammai says, no, no, it's not enough. It has to be more bekvias. And then the Gemara goes to uh, next, Rabbi Eliezer. What does he say? If you make like a tipi shape or if you lean it up against the house such that there's no roof, Rabbi Eliezer says no, not similar enough to a house, not a, not a high enough level of kvias. Therefore, done, doesn't count. Last shita, always a reference uh, uh, to some, either a collection of or a particular person, depends on the context of certain tanaim. The tanya, what does the brisa write? omrim, a sukkah that's made like a shovach, that's made like a chicken coop, and they were typically made in some type of shape like a cylinder. It was not kosher, because there are no corners. Okay, math people, let's get started. We're going to now talk a little bit about uh, circles. I'll be sharing a little bit of uh, math and some pictures. I'm not an artist, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Just wait, wait, I didn't even get there yet. And I, you'll guide me if I, if I butcher this. Says the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom, Zion and Beis. 
If a sukkah is made like a kivshan, like their version of an oven, which was always cylindrical, if at its circumference, Rav Yochanan says, if you look at the circle that's, that's listed here in the Gemara, there needs to be space for 24 people to sit at that circle. And if the circle is that big, that's large, 24 people. If the sukkah is that big, then the sukkah is kshera, even if it's a circle. Okay, you, just think, you have to think, it's circumference. How many people can sit around? So could you imagine 24 people sitting around? That's a sukkah that's almost the size of this room. It's pretty big. Okay, so let's get into this. No, it says behekefa, you're sitting at the circumference. Great question, we'll get to that a little bit later in the Gemara. Great, great question. We'll get to that a little bit later. 24 people in a tiny little No, it's sitting in a circumference. It's not jamming them in. Yeah. We'll have to see where you're sitting them. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Great question to Gerald and to Michael. Let's go. And V'im Lav says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom, V'im Lav Sula. If it cannot hold that number of people sitting around the sukkah, so then the halacha is that it's possible. Kiman, whose opinion is this like? So says the Gemara, this is Kerebi, like we've already seen now for the third time. He says, because a sukkah has to be four by four. So says the Gemara, four by four? Four by four, let's talk in English terms. We'll talk in our metrics. It's a six foot square sukkah, okay? Let's call it eight feet according to the Chaznish. That's very, very large, okay? Eight, eight feet, and this is a six foot table. That's not that big. Okay, and then you have to draw a circle around it. It is, it's pretty big for the room. 24 people have to sit around. It says, hold on one second, Michti, we need to analyze this. First of all, Gavra Ba'am Sayasif. The average person takes up approximately an ama, okay? Foot and a half of space. <clears throat> And not only that, let's talk a little bit of basic math. Anything that has in its circumference three will have as its diameter one. So let's say that we're talking about a sukkah of four. This picture is flawed because the sukkah is not a line across the middle. It needs to be a square within a circle. The Gemara is going to ask that question. But if you have a circle and the circumference of the circle is in a unit of three, then the diameter by definition has to be one. This is pi, 3.14, right? This is what this is how we know. The Gemara in Bavakama figures this out when they try to fit the Sefer Torah, which was on one scroll, into the Aron Bris Hashem. How do they fit it in? And Tostos there points out it was a little bit more than three. Okay, so that's this Gemara. This is an approximation, of course, because it's not exactly three. It's We know it's 3.14, however. Some math genius. Uh, no, you just got me to the end. I think maybe two more decimals, 3.1415. I'm done. That's it. I don't know anymore. But that's what the Gemara says here, that uh, some, some genius, math genius, did it to like 20,000 decimal points about pen. Okay. It's not any of us, I don't imagine. Maybe it is. I don't know. So, what? Absolutely. Yes. Can't have a job. Can't have a job with that. It's it's one episode on uh, you know Smithsonian geniuses, and you're done. So says the Gemara. I don't understand your sheets of twenty-four people. If every person takes up one ama in width, and if it's true that the circumference is going to be three times the diameter, so then betrays our sagi. So then, if the middle is four, so four times three is twelve. Twelve amos on the outside. Well, if there's 12 amos on the outside, that's 12 people. Rabbi Yochanan, you said 24 people. That's a whole different ballgame. So says the Gemara, hold on one second. Hani Mili, when do we say the ratio of three to one, that the circumference is going to be three or 3.14 when the diameter is one? That's only true in a circle. Aval biribua bayatfe. But had it been a square, we know 
that what think about it four squared is four sides so 16 amos around so that's more people says Gemara, still bad answer michti hold on one second kama meruba yoser al eagle um what is the size difference between a meruba square and an e and an eagle a circle says Gemara, revia in that if a square had uh, an area of 16 then the circle would be 12 so the Gemara says that if it's going to be a square it's beshisar four times four uh, is going to be 16. So says the Gemara, very good. Uh, that's a good point. It says the Gemara, Hani mili bi'igula denafik ribua. That's true of a circle that's inside a square. But aval ribua denafik migo igula. But where you have a square that's inside a circle, so there's much more wasted space of a circle that has a square in it than a square that's inside a circle. Did I say that right? think so yep. yes okay if you look at the two pictures that are here there's a lot more wasted space in the circle that surrounds a square because everything at the very sides is that large semicircle crescent shape it's just not true in the reverse where the squares on the outside of the circle that only the corners are there because as the gemara now indicates fifth line because the corners are a little harder to hit so when you're drawing the circle around the square and you have to make sure that you're outside of the corners there's a lot more wasted space as the gemara still you're still making another error, says the Gemara. When you have a square ama, then amsa utre chumshe ba'alachson. This is uh, basic math. This green triangle here, let's assume that it's a perfect triangle, we would call a 45, 45, 90 triangle. So the math equation that we would know is as follows. If this is 45 degrees and this is 45 and this is 90, then by definition, this is the mathematical formula. If this is a unit of one, then the hypotenuse is x times the square root of two. Square root of two is 1.4. So that means that if this is one, then this is 1.4. But if your sukkah is four, then what's the middle? 5.6, right? Your hypotenuse. So that's why if you have a circle, if you have a... Hey Siri, what's the square root of <laughs> If you have a circle that's surrounding a square and you know what one of the one of the walls is a square. If you know what this is, then you know the hypotenuse is, you know exactly what it's gonna be. So if you have a square, let's take a look at this picture in our Gemara. You have a square inside a circle and you know that the sukkah is four by four, then you, no, if you have a square inside a circle, second picture. If you have a square inside a circle and that's our kosher sukkah according to Revi, which is four by four. So x times the square root of two is not only the is not only the angle from corner to corner of the square, it's also the hypotenuse of the whole circle. So therefore, when you have a square inside a circle, the diameter of the whole circle is x times the square root of two, four times the square root of two, which is 5.6. So now that we know what the diameter is, 5.6, what's the circumference? Multiply by three. Right, because that's how we—that's the—that's the equation we started with, one to three ratio. So if if our diameter here, if our hypotenuse is going to be five point six, so then five point six times three is fifteen, sixteen point eight. Let's see what the Gemara says here. Mihdi says the Gemara, if it's in fact true as as we know from our math that call amsa biribua that when you have a when you have a square that the uh, that the that the hypotenuse the angle in the middle is amsa utre chumsheva alachsona is one and two fifths also called one point four. So then if that's true then you know that the, that the diameter of your circle is going to be 5.6. And if you know that the diameter of your circle is 5.6 and you multiply by three to get the circumference, what are you going to see? You're going to see it's going to be then it'll be 17 minus a fifth. 
16.8. Same exact math that we just did because we got it from the Gemara. So says the Gemara, Rav Yochanan, you said 24 people need to sit around? No. If the minimum shear of a sukkah is like Rebbe said, that it's four by four, and that four by four is surrounded by a circle, and we know that the diameter of that circle is x times the square root of two, four times the square root of two, which is 5.6. Therefore, the circumference is 16.8 and not 24. Rav Yochanan, what are you talking about? Great question of the Gemara. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, oh, don't worry about it. I got a great response. Low duck. He was being inexact. He was being inexact. 24 to 16.8 is not called inexact. That's called a 50% margin of error. When you're like in a research study, like within a margin of 50% error, 50% of people do the following bad thing. That, that, that's completely useless. It says the Gemara, what are you talking about? Where can I say that you're off a little bit when it's a little bit? You're saying low duck, he was being inexact. Fine, give me a couple of decimal points. But this is ridiculous. Tuva, me, Amrina, low duck with such a large margin of error. You're going to say he was being inexact? So it answers the Gemara halfway down in Ches Medalev. Omar lay, Mark Shisha Breder of Chizdal Ravashi, Misavris, Gavra, Ve'amsa Yossi. Do we really say that the width of a person is in fact an ama? Going back to one of our starting assumptions, one of our givens, we said that the width of a person is approximately an ama. It's not. Tilsa gavre betarte amsayasve. Really, it's that three people fit in a space of two amos, which makes every person two thirds of an ama. And when you do the math of 24 people times two thirds, that number is extremely close to our 16.8, it's 16. So says the Gemara, therefore we have uh, our number because kama havaluhu shisar, that's 16. And what did Rav Yochanan end up saying? Well, 16.8, low duck. That's, that's our understanding. Anan shivsar ba'inan, low duck. So he, he said really the width of the person is two thirds of an ama and 24 times two thirds of an ama is 16. And the math that we did based on all of the X times the square root of two ended up being 16. Okay, there you can say low duck. Plus or minus one, you're off by 0.8. Good, fine answer. Says Gamar, it's not a fine answer because when you make an approximation on the smaller end, what happens to your sukkah? It's not kosher anymore. If you say that the hypotenuse is exactly 5.6, then you have a kosher sukkah. Any less your sukkah is not four by four, according to Rebbe, your sukkah is not kosher. You want to approximate? Great. Approximate on the other side of the number. Don't approximate on the short side. If you ballpark, whatever, the circumference is 16. You don't have a kosher sukkah anymore, says the Gemara. What are you talking about? I could understand what you're saying that he's approximating. If the approximation ensures that you're Yosei, the mitzvah, tell me 18. Don't tell me 16. But Lakula, me, Amrin, and low duck, to the point that you say that it's you might have a non-kosher sukkah, you messed up. That's not, it's not acceptable. So therefore says the Gemara, you're right. Omar lay Ravasi Ravashi Really, no, we're going back to our starting point, what we started with, that the width of a person is one ama. The Rav Yochanan Makom Gavra Lokachashi. Rav Yochanan wasn't really discussing the actual uh, space of the person. They're going to be sitting in a different place, as we will see. And Kamahabaluhu, it's Tamnesre. So let's do the math here. And the Gemara here is making a gentle approximation, which is that the hypotenuse is actually six, not 5.6. The Gemara is making six. And then what's the circumference? It's going to be 18, because one to three ratio. So now we have 18. If you would then add the people who are one ama each, 
So instead of it being six, it's now eight because six plus a row of one ama people, which widens it by two is eight. That's 24 amos of people sitting around. So that's how the Gemara answers this question. Tom really it's 18. And really, technically speaking, it should have been 16.8. You're right. And that is exactly what the Gemara meant when it said that we were being inexact. The real number, the MS math number, is that the hypotenuse, the angle, the diameter of our circle needs to be 16.8 at its minimum. We got to the number of 18 by reinterpreting how Rav Yochanan defined the person. Are the, are the people in the count or are they not in the count? So when you take the 24, the 24, 24 men, and they're not in the count, so then you're talking about six uh, across the circle, which makes the whole circumference 18. Then when you add the people, it's not six wide, it's eight wide. Eight times three is 24. All the max, math works out, and that's what the Gemara says, that you're allowed to be uh, approximate when you're on the Chumra side. You're above 16.8, great. And you're not going to mess up. Your sukkah is going to be kosher. One last Nakuda for the night as we wrap up to the top of Chesam and Beis. Says the Gemara, the rabbis of Kesar, some say not just the rabbis, but the Dayanim. Amre, they said something that was difficult to understand. Igula de nafik migo ribua, riva. They said that if there's an igula, a circle that's inside of a ribua, the circle is going to be 25% less than the square. And on top of Davchesim and Beis, the Gemara says, ribua de nafik migo igula, palga. That if you have a square that's inside a circle, then it's a 50% difference. The Gemara says, no, it's not. And mathematically, also, no, it's not. Velohi da kachazinan de lo We're just looking at the math. You can measure it however you want, do all the equations you want. It's not going to end up being 50% more, which is palga. And the Gemara therefore rejects this shita of the Rabbanon of the Kesari. We're going to stop right here on Chesim and Beis. Tomorrow night, we will start with uh, Chesim and Beis here at the top. And Amir Tashem learn all of Daftes. That will bring us up to speed with, um, with Tisha B'Av. But that also means we're going to be a blot ahead tomorrow and on Shabbos. And then we'll be all cut up. No Dafyomi in person. Uh, on Tisha B'Av, and then after that, we'll pick up again, of course, on Monday night. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Mm -hmm.